Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. Today, we're discussing positive mental attitudes. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of each episode, we set a mission for ourselves. This week, our mission was to think about what you're tired of. And look for what you can do about it. Christy, how did that go for you? I feel like I cheated on this one. It was a, we're doing a tight turnaround on uh, this episode. We're recording pretty quickly off the back of the last one. And I've been tired of not making as much progress on my books because the workflow that I have between my voice software and the way I have to edit, it just really has been frustrating. So I decided to, um, I, I w- my plan was to positively reinforce my writing habit by buying myself a laptop after I finished this draft. And then I went, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we- I did that for two days. So yay. And mm-hmm. then I uh, proceeded to go ahead and give me that reward. That was supposed to be like a 30 day reward about 29 days early. Um, 28 days early, let's just mm-hmm. say. And uh, I will say though, that my workflow has, I mean, has absolutely uh, sped up considerably because of it. And even when the actual editing takes longer, uh, one of the things I've just been telling myself is that it takes the time it takes, but at least now it's getting done. And mm-hmm. it's getting done in a way where I'm not losing my thoughts because the software cursor is running all over the place or I'm trying to remember the commands to do things. Like when you're using a pencil on an iPad to to make air, you know, I, I just really love it. By the way, if you're a kind of person who who likes to edit by pencil and you always wish that those edits could just drop as text into a document, well, iPad, yes, <laughs> with your scribble function and your new Apple pencil, it all works. So, and I got to share the gospel of it with uh, some of the other writer ladies that I kick it with via Zoom and uh, they were totally psyched about it too. So that's what I did. I'm still riding the iPad high in short. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that iPad high. I was so excited when you <laughs> when you uh, sent me the message that you got it. Uh, and you got it early, which I think is great. Just um, like you said I would. <laughs> right? You said you Go did ahead. normally. And I was like, you're yeah. right. You're right. You were oh. right about that and Vampire Diaries, for the record. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a little something. Um, so I think, uh, so for me this week... I mean, we did that whole episode because I was, I was feeling it. I was tired of everything and everyone. And, you know, what, um, so what I looked at was like, I just, I let myself, I gave myself a day after, you know, after the episode, I was like, you know what, I, I just, I'm going to take a day. I'm going to just allow myself, I, I recognize now what's going on. I'm going to give myself the time to just kind of work, like be in it, to feel it. You and I talked about it. We shared it uh, in the episode. And I think talking about it really helped me get some perspective, allowed me to feel my feelings. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to try to rush through this. I'm not going to try to like brush it off or avoid it or any of that. I'm just going to take some time and I'm going to go ahead and rest and I, because I just, I'm at a, a little bit of a breaking point and I'm going to take care of myself and just allow that to be. And it was a really, uh, I really appreciate 
the what feels like kind of the honesty about where I was and just, again, not trying to push through it, not trying to ignore it or, you know, explain it away. But just like, yeah, I'm I, I, I was talking to someone else. I'm like, I think I hit like my second COVID wall or something kind of like that, um, <laughs> that uh, I just needed to experience it. And then from there, you know, start to work on, OK, what do I need to do to kind of change? identify what I can change. And that kind of brings us, I think, to where we are today. Yes, exactly. Because this week we're talking about positive mental attitude. And uh, while we're talking about positive mental attitude, when I say that, Brianna, what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. That for me means what is my general state of mind? So a positive mental attitude for me is, again, that idea of I'm not happy all the time. I'm not positive all the time. I still go through stuff. I still have challenges. I still get tired of everything and everyone. But overall, I have a positive mental attitude, which means when I have those, those are experiences, but that's not necessarily where I stay. Uh, and it's not where I, like, I don't necessarily get mired down, though my less than positive um, episodes might, might be um, extended, I'll say. It's not overall what I would how I would describe myself. I, I describe myself as, I think, positive, looking for opportunity uh, and looking for ways to learn and grow, which to me all is in service of or in, in support of, you know, that what I think is my positive mental attitude. I love that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the reason why we picked this episode after the tired of everything and everyone is because having a positive mental attitude is something that is constantly, in my opinion, for me, is going in like waves, right? Sometimes it's, I've worked my way up to the top of the wave and I'm surfing that, you know, positivity wave and I'm feeling good and my attitude is easy to maintain. And other times I am coming back from, uh, like a hard time, frankly, and it could be for a number of reasons, whatever that is. And I think, um, like grouping all the things that we've been talking about in recent episodes about, positive self-talk and positive reinforcement all are like tools that you can use regularly, gratitude and all that thing to develop like a positive mental attitude. I know that uh, I did some Googling, you know, and uh, they talk about Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, which is a book that I have read, but I read it in that thing, in that period of my life when I was like in middle school where I was reading like, I was like the only like you know, 13-year-old girl reading, or maybe I wasn't the only one, but I felt like it reading How to Win Friends and Influencing People by, mm -hmm. uh, and Influence People by Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Like I read all of those books. And um, I do think there's a little bit of a danger of um, some people when they think about a positive mental attitude means pushing away hard times and denying mm -hmm. things and just pretending like bad things aren't happening. And I don't want to go in that route. I definitely want to go in service of, like, I think it's a very positive thing to, to recognize, like, I am tired of everything and everybody, and I'm going to let myself feel this and grieve this because real things are happening. These things are truly affecting me in this moment, like the accumulation of stresses from being, let's just say, in a pandemic and all these other things mm -hmm. that all added up, plus health issues, plus, you know, insert all these other things that can add to our stressors, you know, denying that in the name of having a positive mental attitude isn't something that has worked for me. Mm -hmm. 
but taking a positive bent on it by saying, yeah, I'm going to let myself feel this. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to not pretend that I'm better than I am. I'm going to talk about it to my friends. I'm going to positively and reinforce what I can do. And then just slowly build up that hike on the mountain because there is no all everything's great. And then if you're not doing that, you're doing something wrong. I don't believe that. So I have a positive mental attitude about the ebb and flow of my positivity. Mm -hmm. And I really, I appreciate you talking about that ebb and flow. And I think, you know, when I talk about positive mental attitude, I feel like recognizing and really feeling confident that I could say I am an overall positive person. I think one of the ways that has manifested or like, no, that's not right, quite right. But one of the pieces of evidence, I guess, because, you know, I love that evidence <laughs> that I have that um, when I think about positive mental attitude and, and, and addressing it as an overall, you know, explanation of my mindset, I guess, um, I feel like getting back to your ebb and flow, I know I have a positive mental attitude because I'm no longer afraid of the negative and challenging times. So I think in the past, I would either avoid, gloss over, just do these things to like ignore or, or not necessarily experience challenges, those, you know, that, that the ebbs, if you will, because I was afraid I was going to get stuck there because, you know, sometimes I had gotten stuck there. But I think now when we're looking at this from uh, like a growth um, looking at the growth, I've, I guess the growth and learning, I feel like, yeah, and, and this last week was a good example of that. I know that I can be in this situation. I know that I can <laughs> be tired and I'm sorry to keep laughing about it, but it's just, that phrase is great. It was so big and real that now I just feel like I have to laugh that I was just so like at my wits end. Um, anyway, it's how I deal. Uh, but I think that, um, you know, I wasn't afraid of it. I wasn't trying to push it away. I actually like, you know, when we had our conversation, I was like, look, here's where I'm at. And you were like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's go there. Let's yeah. Hit me with it. <laughs> and I could talk through it and, you know, just be all the things and know that I was there, but I wasn't going to necessarily stay there. And that talking through it and talking about it was part of I guess I could, I, I will say was part of knowing that overall I am, I've developed that more positive mental attitude. I don't, that doesn't feel like it made any sense, but it did I think it made in, sense my, to me. in my mental, my positive mental attitude. It all made sense. No, but I do think that it's kind of what we've been talking about on all these episodes accumulatively. And I really like, cumulatively rather, um, I really like the idea that I can build an overall attitude sort of brick by brick. Okay, so we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. I'm just going to go ahead and confess, and I lost my track of thought. But my point was overall that I think I can build brick by brick, right, a positive mental attitude that actually also encompasses being positive about what I'm feeling not like happy or when mm -hmm. I'm feeling sad or when I'm feeling sick and tired of everything or when I'm feeling... Um, 
sort of betrayed or any of the emotions that people feel grief, that people feel negative about. I feel like having a positive mental attitude about saying to myself, that's okay. That mm-hmm. is life. That is what is happening. Instead of the thing where I used to think that every bit of pain that I ever felt meant I was doing it wrong and that the world was just filled with people experiencing utmost joy of everything and everyone and they were doing great things and I was just sitting here like I actually believe people's lives were their Instagram feeds. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And this mm-hmm. was before there was Instagram. Um, <laughs> like I always just, I was looking at the highlight reel of other people's lives, just thinking, why isn't mine that great? And the truth of the matter is my life is great. And if mm-hmm. I take the time to relish in the small moments and look for joy in everyday occurrences and allow myself to feel human, the entirety of the human experience, the less I block off, the happier and better I am. So for me, part of a positive mental attitude is actually being positive about the hardships that we confront and Mm -hmm. seeing that it's an opportunity to experience my humanity. And I'm also getting a lot of really valuable information when I have these feelings. And the more I tend to it and the more I listen to myself, the more I can create the life that I enjoy leading. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love that because I the words that were coming to me uh, when you were talking about that and and trying to identify how like aside from positive what this was bringing up is I felt like you know I'm coming out the other end of this and I just feel like a well-rounded person. <laughs> like I I think that the you know, that that sense of being feeling stunted or, um, you know, stunted, I think, is the is quite the right is the right word for how I feel like I felt in the past. But coming through this, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what it means or this is what it feels like when you when you feel it all, when you experience it all and you work through it all. And I'll be honest, again, coming out, starting to come out the other side of this. It feels good. Uh, And we know I didn't feel great (laughs) before. So I'm not trying to pretend like when I was challenged uh, and tired of of everything and everyone that it it was somehow like magical and isn't this wonderful. It was not. (laughs) There was a lot of swear words. And a lot of, there was just, there was a lot. I was, I was being very a lot. Um, But again, all of it is part of, I guess, this experience and coming again, coming out the other side, I just feel like, okay, okay, great. You know, I did this and I experienced this and I'm, I am still positive overall. I am still here. I am still, you know, um, participating. And, and I just, I don't know. I just, it, 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 there's a little bit of energy to it right now. Um, which there always is when we, you know, when just in general, when we talk about these things. So I'm excited about this because it is really kind of a first time event for me to come out of something like this and, and feel, um, feel like I've really experienced it. And again, that sense of feeling really well rounded. Yes, I totally, to me, it feels like the difference between randomly being lost at sea and then realizing that you can hit choppy waters and navigate your way 
back to course or mm-hmm. find or chart a new course even. I think there is like this sort of myth that I've got to get back to where I was. And I think when you've had a major shakeup somewhere, order, disorder, reorder, uh, I think I think there's a tendency to think that the goal is to get back to where you were. But the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is times have changed. We've all changed. The world has changed and we're going to create something new. And it doesn't have to be better or worse, but it could be better. It could be worse. It could be a lot of different things, but it's going to be something different. And within that differences, there's a lot of experiences that we can look to to enrich our lives and to be better people. I think the thing that makes it really hard sometimes for me is that I have this feeling that gets in the way that I'm running out of time constantly or that I'm not. if I don't get it right, I won't have enough. For instance... I don't always have a positive mental attitude towards some financial decisions because I worry that if I get this decision wrong, because I have not unlimited, I have very limited financial means that I'll never get this opportunity again. And so I create these stakes where I have to know the unknowable or do the undoable or get it just right, or that's the end of it. And that's not usually the case. And even if it is, then maybe this isn't the time to be taking that chance right now. Maybe I can shore up a little bit. Uh, I'm the kind of person who does gamble hard and quickly. And maybe there's a part of me that wants to step off of that a little bit from time to time. But I feel like having a positive mental attitude encompasses a lot of the things that we've talked about before. And it also means giving yourself a break. Hmm. I think I ride myself in my mind very hard. And that I've got to get it just right. And if I can't do it perfectly, there's no reason to do it. And then I postpone doing things for so long that now I can only do, you know, a very not perfect job. And so I can't even say I have issues with perfectionism out loud to people because, you know, look at my desk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, at, look at my hair. Right. I'd be like, do you really have issues with perfectionism? I mean, you cut your own hair just randomly, whatever you want. And actually that, that to me has been very freeing and fun. It's been my COVID entertainment is to cut my own hair. Like I'm the only one that has to deal with it, but um, mm-hmm. it brings me joy. It's grown out. It's fine. Nobody saw me for 18 months. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do think perfectionism can get in the way of having a positive mental attitude. And I feel like now that I'm becoming more resilient, which I think is the promise behind this, like I can actually make a choice, have it not pan out how I want it and just look at it as, oh yeah, you can't know the unknowable. It's not that way. Before Mm -hmm. I used to just hate myself so much for it. Like you chose wrong, Mm -hmm. loser. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and now you don't get to play anymore. It's like, no, you choose, you try, not that way. Okay. Then another way. Mm -hmm. In the words of Diana Nyad's book, Find a Way, not Know the Way Before It Happens, Christy, because that's how I feel like I got to roll. That was a lot. (laughs) No, I think you are right. You know, you're hitting it right on the head because, you know, I think what I hear in that too is, um, you know, identifying what is the story you're telling yourself and is Mm -hmm. your story that you're telling yourself accurate and true. And if it's not, then maybe, you know, we need to change that up. And I think, um, you know, going into this, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where this comes from and why, 
you know, this, this, it, the, the piece about what story are you telling yourself um, is coming up for me right now. I don't, I don't totally know, but it's been sticking with me now for a couple of days. Uh, but I, I do think that it's part of that trying to understand if I'm going to work through the challenges, I have to be able to accurately see what's going on. And so much of that for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, is based on the story that I'm telling myself about it. So in particular, if I'm talking about, you know, um, I'm having a challenge at work, I'm having a challenge in a relationship, I'm just overall tired of everything. Maybe that's true, that all of that can be accurate and true, but then I think sometimes I put a little extra sauce on it. <laughs> in the story, I tell myself about why it's happening. Um, you know, am I telling the story related to, you know, people are people are doing this on purpose? And then it really is identified, like, okay, so the, you know, I'm I'm kind of at a space where I'm like at my wits end. I had that interaction <laughs> with the gentleman in the street and, uh, you know, I told myself all kinds of stories about him. And then I had to come back and say, you know what, while I still think he was wrong, <laughs> um, I can't control his actions. I can control, you know, being upset about it. I can acknowledge that I was mad. I was mad in part because I was scared that I was going to, you know, run him over. Um, for those who didn't listen last week, it was a gentleman stepped out in front of my car. It was a whole thing. I did not hit him, but I was really like, holy crap. And that just like tipped me over the edge. Anyway, um, so, you know, of course, I'm telling myself all these stories as I'm like grumbling on the rest of the my way home, right? And then even you and I, when we were talking about it, story, story, story. And then it was like, well, wait a second. You know, all of that may be true, but ultimately... I can't do anything about that circle of influence, circle of concern. I can't do anything about that. I can keep letting it bug me. I can keep letting it make me angry, um, make me be judgy. Uh, or I can accept, okay, this happened. I can see my part in it. I can identify what can I do better next time or differently next time. And then start working my way back with the various techniques that I've, you know, been cultivating over the last however many years. So things like reframing, um, talking about it and talking it through. And sometimes, like in this instance, I just had to be like, kind of um, venting more so than anything about it and talking it through so that I didn't get stuck in that negative, challenged, ebb, ebby, if that's a word, ebby, uh, ebby place, and could start kind of popping my head up uh, to see, like, okay, I don't want to, I don't need to stay here. I'm not going to allow myself to stay here for something that isn't really, um, isn't really mine to own. Yes, yes, I totally agree with that. I feel like. There's so many things that I've decided to own because I think I think it stemmed from a need. If I felt like I was always in the wrong or if it was always something wrong with me, then that gave me that gave me more control, right? If I could just fix mm -hmm. me, then everything was going to be fine. However, the way I went about quote unquote fixing me, right? Step one, there's nothing to fix. Step two, uh, the way I went about fixing me was I did this thing where I just was like, uh, be different. <laughs> 
change. Stop mm-hmm. being like that. Mm-hmm. And these kind of vague plans, Brianna, just never really become all that fruitful, right? Mm-hmm. And there are distinct ways. For instance, if I look at myself in the mirror, the word is not, hello, fat-faced, ugly Christy. It is, I am beautiful, like from the positive. Like you can systematically train your brain to start thinking, when this happens, because for instance, negative thoughts are going to come in. When I'm feeling like I have no control, right? I get to ask myself a question. Is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Carey, Katie has that. Is that true? Like something, can you confirm it to be true? Who would you be without that idea? I can't remember. She has four questions, part of the work. But one of the questions that I always remember from her is, is that true? You know, can you really prove that to be true? And a lot of the things that I'm taking on and that I'm owning just aren't even true. And also giving myself a little more leeway, a little less, a little less internal monologue about how I got to be better all the time, because it has this weird connotation that I'm not okay now. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that if I got comfortable with where I was now, that I wouldn't get anywhere. Right. There's that concept like, well, Mm -hmm. if you start saying good things about yourself, you're just going to end up being comfortable where you are. Well, first of all, a lot of times I'm staying in the same place anyway, so I might as well get a little comfortable. Right. Especially when I'm stuck. And then, two, I found like one of the weird things about. We did an episode on positive self-talk and one of the arenas that I've just kind of neglected is just general appearance and the beauty pageant that is known as a woman's modern life, right? (laughs) I have opted not to compete on the regular, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going straight for the congeniality uh, talent show contest, right? We can forget the swimsuit, Brianna, and we're going to forget the, you know, the evening gown. We're, We're skipping right over that stuff. However, just deciding I am beautiful to say that simple phrase, because everybody's beautiful. Why not me? Right? I am beautiful. So it pops up on my phone and my Yap app. Every time I look in the mirror, I have to say it to myself. That's my, those are my rules, right? I am beautiful. It started off as funny. Right? I just decided this is funny. Like, you're really doing this. This is what you're doing. You're doing this. Okay, Stuart Smalley, let's go. Right? Mm-hmm. We're doing it. And I got to tell you, when I care about something or when I consider something valuable, if I value the way I look or if I value something about me, I enjoy it more and I invest more. And I always thought that if I let myself enjoy what's good about me, that I would just become big headed. I would be conceited. I would not work as hard, but the opposite has actually been true for me. And I really think that as corny as it is, a tool I think maybe we should do a whole show on it for developing a positive mental attitude is the positive affirmation. And it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be like, even if I say things like I want to be very rich, right? But if I just told myself every day, I am rich, you know, I am rich. It doesn't necessarily manifest itself in the millions of dollars that I assume will be coming my way any day now, Brianna. But if I really look around my life, I have a rich life with Mm -hmm. very, with great people and great things in it. And Um, an amazing amount of comfort. And I am beautiful. And I'm believing it more and more every day and enjoying the process of coming to believe it. Hmm. Oh, wow. I really appreciate hearing that. And it, it, 
I, I think you're right. I think we should do an episode on positive affirmations because I've always had, you know, I too am a, of the Stuart Smalley generation. And so <laughs> damn you, Al Franken for being so funny. Right. So <laughs> have that sort of, um, uh, like secretly I'd be like, Oh, I kind of want to have one of those. And I have a couple. Um, but then also I'm like, Oh boy, I just see him in his little yellow. I don't know. I think it was like a little yellow sweater. <laughs> it was sweater. definitively a sweater that just looked a little too soft. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, what that makes me think of as well as the positive affirmations is all, also that idea of reframing. And so talking about, uh, you know, mentioning before the stories we tell ourselves, but taking that opportunity to reframe how we're talking to ourselves. So you, um, you uh, talked about it beautifully when it went from, you know, from I want to be really rich and now just saying I am rich actually I have a rich life and taking that moment to reframe and then uh, put your focus on what it is that you have instead of what it is that you don't yet have Um, and I know I feel like I want to be really clear because I do feel like I'm kind of walking that line in the in that law of attraction arena which that's not what I'm talking about um, that's not that's not something I go in for. Uh, that said, I do think that your attention, you know, where you put your attention is where your energy goes. And, you know, we've talked about it before. It's like one day you're like, oh, I think I'd like a purple car. And you think you've never seen purple cars. And then for the next two weeks, all you see is purple cars because now you're focused on it. So when we're talking about... Um, for me, when I'm talking about reframing, it is taking that moment to say, yeah, I'm not really talking to myself very well uh, right now. How can I change this up to be more positive? How can I change it up to see what I do have in light of what it is that I'm going for or what it is that I feel like I need? Where's my where's my opportunity? (laughs) Um, I think then that helps me be open to whatever needs to come next for me. And I've really, really leaned heavily into that idea of reframing. And again, that's not to say that I don't have negative thoughts or that I don't get caught up in the what I want versus what I have and, you know, versus what I'm, uh, what I'm grateful for. But again, the time that I spend in those places or in that kind of state of mind is less frequent and not as often. So what that allows me then is the ability to see an opportunity to get me closer to whatever it is um, that I'm needing. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. I started to think that I wanted to transition into a new job and at first I was like oh it's gonna so much work (laughs) to get a new job Mm -hmm. and um I wasn't really totally feeling it and then once I made the decision um and said okay well here's here are the things that I'm looking for here are the things that I would like to have happen then it just opened and changed my perspective so that rather than just focusing more inward and on all the things I didn't enjoy about where I was, I could see 
the opportunities that were out there. So the different job listings and um, the timing of things and all of it, um, I could actually see it uh, to, to be able to go for it and change my circumstances. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting because it can look differently to different people. I am definitively a planner, right? I'd like to go forward with a plan. However, you're really good in the moment, right? I'm always looking future wise and you can pivot very quickly, wherein I can pivot, but I will have to mourn the loss of the future that I'd planned. I'll give you an easy example um, is if we have plans to go to dinner somewhere, like we're going to go to, you know, insert, I, for some reason, the name of restaurant that just came to my mind was Beefsteak Charlie's. Beefsteak Charlie's doesn't exist anymore. It was a restaurant that advertised heavily around 1984 when I was watching like episodes of Happy Days or something. Like, I don't know why that restaurant, but let's say we were going to go to Beefsteak Charlie's because mm -hmm. that doesn't exist. Um, my brain will have already excitedly thought of what it is I was going to order there. Mm -hmm. All day. I'll be obsessed with the, oh my God, I'm going to get the prime rib at the BC Charlie's and they've got that side dish that I love. And I'll, I'll, I've already like picked it all out. And then somebody will just show up and be like, oh, you know what? It turns out. And they'll like just change all the plans. And, um, and everybody's like, that sounds fantastic. And everybody's excited about this new thing. And there will be a moment that I have to sort of mourn the loss of the pretend dinner that I'd been imagining I was going to have and get on board with the new idea. And there are some people who could just like turn on that in a nickel, right? Like they, they literally live their lives. Like, you know, when some people say, just get present, you know, people are like, oh, take a breath, get present. That gives me an anxiety attack. <laughs> like literally, it gives me an anxiety attack. Like I can't feel my face. I worry about time. I get into an existential crisis. Like, people, oh, you need to meditate more. There's certain types of meditation I can do. But the one where the, like people are like, oh, we're going to do a meditation about like eating. And it was like this guided meditation. And suddenly I'm like, I can't feel my lips. This is so weird. I can't do this. Like I was just panic. <laughs> and what's important is that what works in advice what develops a positive mental attitude is understanding that just because something works for somebody else, it doesn't have to work that way for you. Like, and just because like, for instance, you were like, yeah, I decided. And then we were like, okay, you're going to buy post-its. And then before I knew it, you'd like already uh, just threw together a resume. And I think you got your job on like the first application it was like application interview. You're our top choice. You got the job. It was just like, it, there was like, like for me, it's like step, 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 step. Yours was like, I'm thinking about it for a lot longer because I usually act right away, you know, mm -hmm. in haste. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and then you were like, oh, hey, I start the new job next month. And I was like, Whoa. like it was a lot of thinking. And then bam, mm -hmm. the, the needle moves. Mm -hmm. I do like a lot of quick planning, start acting, flail, right? And uh, And then the needle moves, right? In different amounts of time. And there's nothing wrong with either of those plans. It's just a matter of like embracing what you got going on. And I think for a lot of times, like when people are like, just be in the moment. Why are you living so much for the future? Or like uh, there's an, in Star Wars, Yoda is like, never your eyes on what you're doing or where you're going. You know, I was like, oh, Yoda would hate me. Like mm -hmm. it is a, he was telling Luke, like when he was looking to the future and looking to the stars, dreaming of adventure. I'm like, uh, I'm like that. Do you know what I mean? People are like, get present in your life. Enjoy this moment. I'm like, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Uh, there'll be a lot of food references every time <laughs> I think about myself. But um, <laughs> the point being, 
part of having a positive mental attitude is knowing who you are and being great with that and, and getting what you've got going on working for you instead of worrying so much at what everybody else is doing. Eyes on your own paper, people. What you've got going on is something great and make it work. So you were talking about, oh, let me just reference. We had a little bit of technical error again or technical difficulty again. So apologize for that. But uh, you were talking about essentially knowing yourself and understanding what works for you and knowing that we don't have to necessarily do it exactly the way others do. And I think that's really important. When we were uh, prepping for this episode, I did do a quick uh, review because it made me think about emotional intelligence and how that is such an important piece for me, um, understanding, understanding myself being able to kind of manage myself and my emotions and then being able to read situations and others uh, to manage relationships. I feel like all of that, you know, that emotional intelligence is what has really helped uh, support this um, growth in uh, having a um, positive mental attitude because I feel like I, I agree with you. I had to understand what works for me. And I had to stop feeling bad about the things that I saw other people doing that worked for them um, and being able to let that go. So as you pointed out, um, I do a lot of thinking up front, a lot of kind of like, and, and mine isn't always even like thinking things through. It is a lot of times for me, it's like feeling it out, <laughs> which is, um, it's really, you know, I felt bad about that because if someone asked for a long time, I felt bad about that because if someone asked me, well, like, why did you make that decision? I can't always tell you why uh, because it feels like the right decision. And that's not, you know, that has in the past uh, maybe been not a totally accepted answer. So I had to understand, so what? <laughs> this is what works for me. This is how I've been able to, you know, when I finally leaned into that, it's it's how I was able to be successful. And so whether other folks understood it, whether I could explain it, doesn't really matter. It's what's working for me. Uh, and so I'm sticking with it. So just really encouraging myself and, you know, encouraging us and, and then uh our listeners that coming into that sense of self-awareness and really identifying what works for you, um, what doesn't work, what are some of your values, what are some of your skills? You know, you talked about the reference, or excuse me, the restaurant change, and I am, I can pivot, I'm adaptable, I'm fine. If it does, if if we had this plan and now it's got to be this plan, whatever. I most of the time I don't care. Having said that. When I do give an opinion or when I do want to, you know, when I say, okay, it should be this, then it should be that. <laughs> um, so it's not as if I'm always, um, I mean, I am always adaptable. It's not as if though I'm always just kind of like going with the flow. So I don't want to give that false impression, but, um, or that I can't make a decision because uh, I can. Um, and I'll make it for you if you want me to. No. <laughs> But um, again, self-awareness uh, is really important and, and can really be helpful in, in developing and sustaining that positive mental attitude. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think it's important to just, I think one of the biggest things that I was trying to do, and, and I loved 
taking in the Clifton Strengths um, quiz and their philosophy. And their idea was to, instead of just constantly, now listen, if you have um, like something that's going terribly wrong in your life that you need to address, that's preventing all of your gifts from shining, um, then I definitely think it's something that you need to, you know, address. For instance, if you have um, some sort of dependency issue, there's a health issue that's preventing some of your other um, stars from shining, so to speak, then then you can definitely address that. But I used to spend all my time shoring up what I wasn't good at. I used to spend all my time uh, worrying about, well, because I don't have the best follow through and I have all these ideas and I'm sometimes scattered, that if until I could figure out how to follow through on every single one of my ideas, then I was just a flaky, horrible person. And the truth is I have too many ideas to follow through. There are people who have an abundance of energies, but not, energy, but not as many ideas. And then there are those of us who have way too many ideas and not enough um, like follow through and grit to just keep persevering. And I can work on my grit, but I have to decide when to apply it. And mm-hmm. I just think it's really important to shore up who you are and like to, to invest in what you're innately good at and not like go, if only I could change this one thing about me, then I'd be okay. Like mm-hmm. maybe just look at the things that you naturally are and, and like enhance those. Like I can't spend my time. It's sort of when I was a kid and I went to like science camp or whatever, we used to have these puzzles where they gave you this thing in a box and you had to solve the problem with just what's in the box. And you can't spend your whole time lamenting that you don't have scissors and glue, Right. That mm-hmm. you don't have scissors and glue. Like, let's just stop imagining all the solutions you can employ with scissors and glue. You've mm-hmm. got tape. You've got, uh, you know, uh, somebody, a wadded up piece of gum that somebody else, because you were allowed <laughs> to like use like five things. And you're just going to do what you got to get done with what you got going on. And sometimes you end up with something that is original and wonderful, Mm -hmm. and unique, and the best possible thing that other people, I've literally like chew gum, chewing gummed my way into solutions, only to have people marvel like, why don't I have a battered piece of chewing gum to make that? I'll give you an example. My dad was fantastic with, um, we uh, we were a rich family and that we're rich in love, Brianna, but not necessarily in the dollar dollar bills. Okay. So my dad, uh, there was a time he used to work for Southern Linen and, uh, Halloween would come around a couple of years. And so each year we would go at whatever, go as whatever institutional workers uniforms my dad's company was cleaning at the time. So we were Mm -hmm. surgeons, we were bakers, we were different people. Um, And I had a big pillowcase with the phrase property of Southern linen stamped on the side, (laughs) like an institutional Mm -hmm. white, but very durable uh, hospital pillowcase that I used as my bag. And my dad sold me on these outfits and my pillowcase. I was like, cause I was first looking at all the other kids with their little pumpkins. And I'm thinking, mine looks very different. My dad's like, yeah, that's right. You can carry 20 pumpkins worth of candy in that pillowcase. And I was like, that's right. And, um, and then my surgeon outfit, which I spilled chocolate milk on and tried to convince kids that it was real blood because this is a real outfit, was authentic, Brianna. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, they were wearing costumes. I was wearing the real deal, right? And so I went in with that attitude. And I remember distinctly looking back on it now. Um, one of my friends, Heather um, Melville, uh, was her parents were rich. She had like Pong 
you know, she had video games before there were that many. Then when there was just that dot, uh, she mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to have, she looked at her gorgeous little perfect pumpkin case and went, I'm going to have to have my parents buy me a pillowcase like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, love what you got. Other people might love it too. They will actually. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I love that story. I just, and I think too, when I, when you, when you talk about that and, and love what you got, and um, I know you frequently um, talk about gratitude and how that can help uh, your positive uh, mindset, uh, positive mental attitude. And I think also I hear a little bit of the hype man in there. Yes. <laughs> which is always great. Um, I do also want to, um, you know, along with the story that I feel like goes along with that. And then, the you know, talking about the stories we tell ourselves is also talking a little bit about boundaries. Um, not only, you know, the boundaries of how we talk to ourselves, but also having boundaries related to either how um, we allow others to speak to us and um, sort of try to influ- you know, influence our story or influence our mindset or our attitudes. Uh, but then also how boundaries as far as like just being like what energy or what conversations or what other attitudes um, from other people that we're going to allow ourselves to be influenced by, subjected to, around, uh, because I do feel like when we're talking about that positive mental attitude, it really, a, a fair amount of it is, yes, of course, it always all starts with ourselves and self-awareness and the things that that we can do. But I do think that there is a component that is your environment and what you're exposing yourself to, um, both from other people, uh, things like social media, the news, um, these things that come in and seep in, and especially if we're not necessarily, you know, if we're a little distracted or not necessarily paying attention, they can seep in and we may not realize the full extent of the influence or effect that it has on us. So I think when we talk about um, our early work in trying to to change how we were experiencing the world and thinking about things. I think one of the biggest things was we set up time. We said we're not we're not bringing you know we're we're trying to be positive and so we're trying to bring positivity into the space and we're trying to minimize the amount of especially um that sort of um oh that like. And the word unintentional is coming to mind. I'll say unintentional negativity or that like kind of um, off the cuff or just thoughtless negativity, like complaining for complaining's sake. Um, those are some of the boundaries we set for ourselves uh, in trying to be more positive because we were recognizing the effect that it had on us overall. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think it's really true. There are some people, um, some of us, and when I say some of us, I mean me, uh, are actually very sensitive people. And I hadn't realized how much of what I take in, I take in. And Mm -hmm. my mom 
is not sensitive. She's um, very emotionally resilient, but also I, I remember distinctly, I was, I was living with my mom in the Philippines and I started to notice that my mom was watching like all of these um, natural disaster shows and plane crash shows and surgeries gone wrong shows. And I'm like, mom, I can't, I can't watch this. This is like totally stressing me out. And she was like, really? You know what I mean? And we had to, we had to, and then I realized my mom, every time she would tell me a story when she'd come back from the market or something, she'd be like, do you remember so-and-so? And now I know that the beginning of do you remember so-and-so means this person died or was in a terrible accident. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the story that's coming next. Um, but it's usually, do you remember so-and-so? And the answer is always, Brianna, no, no, I don't remember so-and-so. And then my mom would work really hard to get me to have a memory, create mm-hmm. a personal like link to me and the person, and then probably tell me that the person died. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god mom that's terrible and she's like so terrible but i'm like it doesn't seem like it's as terrible to her as it is to me <laughs> because we grew up in different circumstances do you know what i mean my mom there was a lot of death and i remember distinctly i was like uh mom please don't do that anymore <laughs> like she, i can't handle these stories and i remember distinctly um, we're watching TV um, and we'd settled on forensic files because for me, my brain can get to the problem solving and my mom can enjoy the grisly murder. Mm-hmm. Um, my guy is like this too. He likes to watch natural disasters because it makes him feel grateful that he's okay. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, that is one way to see it. Okay. That works for you. I know a lot of people like that. They're like, I love serial killer books. And I'm like, um, I, I find it interesting. And then I feel terrible afterwards. Like it, it stays with me too long. Long story even longer. My mom, my mom starts in on, um, oh, do you remember, you know, insert guy's name who I can't remember. And I'm like, uh, no, no, what up? And then, and, and she's like, oh yeah. And then she gets up, Brianna, she gets up and she goes <laughs> to the kitchen to get coffee. And, um, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's, that's a little weird, but she, went to go get coffee and then she just went out to the porch and smoked a cigarette, which is where she used to smoke her cigarettes. And the conversation just ended there. And uh, I realized in that moment that that was my mom's attempt of, Oh, that's right. I can't tell you they died. Um, Mm. But one, I don't remember the person's name because she didn't take the time to establish that personal connection. And two, Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't Brianna. Maybe they didn't. I have no idea because she never finished it. And I can tell the story with joy in my heart because I can't be sure. I don't know the person's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm grateful for my mother for like, oh, look at that. She listened. She changed. She almost started in. And then she just <laughs> wandered off. It was great. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying, know who you are. Watch what you take in. Some people can handle certain things. If you're like me, um, where you have a cranky outside and a soft pudding inside or whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you can't take it. Stop, stop, stop stepping up to that buffet. It ain't going to work. Yes. And I think the a great thing there is um, that helps in that development of that positive mindset is actually speaking to what it is that you need or what it is that you can't handle. You know, I, I think um, that was not always easy for me. So I would either just kind of take it or just totally remove myself from any kind of situation or, you know, slowly just like fade away. <laughs> And secretly hate people for bringing it up, even though they're fine. Like you know, they're fine. I've not told them that I have an issue, Uh, so so I guess my uh, my my go to was like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) So it is, you know, it is 
it is okay to when you you know once you identify what it is that you need what it is that works for you it is okay to talk to to share that with people it's more than okay share it with people um, let them know so that they can one support you but also so that you can just feel like you know you're being heard and what you say and what you need has value and i think all of that goes to uh, creating that positive mindset to reinforcing that positive mindset. And that's really exciting. And I feel like, especially in this last probably year or so in, in doing, really having an opportunity through, because we talk about it every week, not just in the podcast, but when we get together for our conversations um, every week, I feel like one of the things that this has done for me, this, this, positive mental attitude is it's made me so much more courageous and I will say less about the courage and and it's it's just made me less afraid or trepidatious uh, to try things uh, to um, speak to the things that I need to identify the things that uh, I can consider skills or things that I'm good at. And again, all of it just feels like it just is snowballing in a good way. Normally snowballing so bad, right? Um, but snowballing in a good way and just really giving me this strong, um, I'll, I'll say kind of like this strong core strength almost of positivity and um yeah, I'll say that, like this core of positivity that is such a great source uh, for really experiencing, you know, the highs and then being able to weather and, and be resilient through the lows. I agree. I find that the more I get to know myself and the more I find what works for me without worrying about what everyone else is doing, the more I can enhance my own positive mental attitude. And I think it's not just about me thinking positive thoughts. It's about me acting on those positive thoughts, right? What I do fuels my mm -hmm. mental attitude. So if I, one of the things I, I really loved at the inquiry that Byron Katie uh, gives, even though I only use the first question of the inquiry, is that true? Because a lot of times I'm acting as if something's true. Is that absolutely, yeah, can you absolutely know that to be true or something like that mm -hmm. is the second question. And uh, a lot of times, you know, inquiry over. Yes, no, which means no and no. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not true. And then I think one of the last questions is who would you be if you didn't think that? And I'm like, who would I be if I just thought I was beautiful? Like, who would I be? I would be a person who would stop having these conversations where people feel like they have to cheer me up about my face. Um, and that would be great mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. I don't hate my face. I just have this weird leftover residual middle school insecurity that I, yeah, I'm a grown person. Like I don't need this. And then it's, it's like the doing of the things. So if I invest in me, if I, you know, Warren Buffett always says the biggest investment you can make is investing in you. And what that means is if I say I'm going for something, then I allow myself to invest my time and invest my money and allow myself to literally in the moment, enjoy my work. If this is what I'm saying I'm doing, I can't be constantly in my mind saying, hurry up though, you're never gonna have enough time. You're just gonna do it. One of the things that I realized that I've taken on is this feeling that I've never had enough time and I've always gotta be in a rush and I've always gotta make it better and you gotta hurry up or otherwise you're not gonna get this opportunity. And it's like, no, 
I make my opportunities. Opportunities are abundant everywhere. And I will show myself this to be true by taking this opportunity and enjoying it without that fear-based, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to get it right kind of feeling. And there are a couple of books that I read that really helped me. One was The Upside of Stress by um, a Dr. McGonagall, Kelly McGonagall, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that. Um, But it's called The Upside of Stress. That part I've got right. And it really talks about how the way you approach a situation, your brain will pump out different chemicals that help you in different ways. So if I look at my fear in the car as more of a an adrenaline rush that helps my senses become more alert and I get that zing, instead of calling it a panic attack, I call it a zing. I tell myself I'm in control. I create a contingency plan. And another actual plan that I loved was um, uh, the whoop plan that, that um, I don't know how to say her name. It's like Gabrielle something. Um, and I think her book was Rethinking Positive Thinking or something like that. No, that, that was that was the other one. Yeah, no, no, Rethinking Positive Thinking. That was her book. Um, and it's just about like whoop is wish, obstacle, no, wish, outcome. So you know how like you have that positive thinking where you really want something and then it just stops there? No, you, you think of what you want, then you imagine what it's like to have it. And usually that's where people stop. But she says, no, what is going to get in your way? The obstacle. And imagine that. And then have a plan from that obstacle and repeat that plan over and over again. And I'm telling you, it doesn't work every single time, but it works enough times to sort of give me more hope. And so I'm not just doing this daydreamy one day, maybe something's going to happen. I'm taking steps forward. I'm changing who I am. I'm doing things instead of just imagining me being different. I'm actually acting differently. Mm-hmm. Well, and definitely thank you for for talking about the action piece, because I think in, you know, examining this last year and a half and why I feel like I've been able to make so many strides, part of it, yes, is related to my positive, my positivity, this positive mental attitude, yes, but so much more of it, I think, is that coupled with actually taking consistent action, um, making plans, setting goals, uh, identifying what's not working, and then tweaking it a little bit. I think, you know, in addition to uh, the podcast, when we started this, we were doing our own working together, you know, sharing our own personal goals, just something small each week. And that really made a difference for me. I am an introvert. I think and over and like analyze and analyze and then analyze a lot more and can come up with any number of ways, any number of things that I think, you know, that I want and then a million ways and reasons why it's not going to work or I can't get it. And you're right. That's where I stop. But instead, you know, what we did this year and, you know, it was like, oh, I'm interested in this. So I'm going to take, here's my little step for the, here's my step for the week. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not. Uh, but I'm, you know, what it does, as you said, it brings that focus to it. It actually makes me actively work towards this thing that I want, which just feeds into this wonderful, um, it's it's like this great feedback loop of like, oh, look what I can do. (laughs) Look what's possible. All of it is really, um, has really been beneficial. And so I appreciate just 
hearing about the action because for a really long time, not to say that I wasn't, you know, taking action or making, you know, or doing things because I definitely was, but I feel like having a more, doing it in a more intentional way, just kind of, I'll say blew the roof off of things (laughs) and really made me, um, really made me feel like I was not just that I was accomplishing, getting things accomplished um, and meeting um, goals and, and that type of thing, but just overall growing. I agree. I think that it's an interesting, I think it's really interesting to be able to take action so that you can figure out what works and what doesn't work. And uh, I'm not sure if we caught the end of what you're saying. We might have had just a little bit of another technical gremlin, but I did get the gist of it. And I do agree that um, there is something in trying. And it's really interesting because like little, I remember distinctly the way my comedy career started was I went to comedy club and I always wanted to, and I dreamed about it for forever. And I finally looked up the information. So it started off with me figuring out where the open mic was. And then I just made a phone call. and. Once I made that phone call, I was able to book my first open mic at 4.30 p.m. Um, by, uh, I won't give the whole digits, but the last four four letters were joke, J-O-K-E. And you call on the first Wednesday of the month at 4.30. And then I had to write the act. And it's funny how much a very small bit of effort, I remember distinctly, you've got a whole new job and you wanted to switch uh, jobs so that you'd have more time to explore other opportunities. And it started off with you buying post-its, if I remember. And so I do think that that little bit of action can absolutely change our lives, which I think brings us, speaking of action, into our mission of the week. So what's the mission this week, Brianna? Our mission for the week is to create a list of things that energize you that you can use to support your positive mental attitude. And we would love to hear from you. Your questions and perspectives on the topics we've discussed, you can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday. Please subscribe and take a moment to rate the podcast because it helps more people find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. And that is our technically gremlin-laden show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. We'll talk soon.